Good morning, Nashville. My name is Braden Gall, and this is the 444 Wednesday, August 25th. Today on the show, we've got a special edition of the 440, a one-on-one with Titans linebacker Jayon Brown. Some important news out of Chicago and Jacksonville in the NFL, your golden nuggets, and the MLS All-Star Game from the guys at Club & Country. But we begin with an update from Tuesday's Titans practice report that includes the return of Julio Jones. By now you know that the 440 is brought to you by the Kingston Group. BuildKG.com is the website. But I want to tell you a story this morning. Somebody that I've alluded to in the past on the show. A a friend of mine here in the market who bought a house, needed it to be renovated, was on vacation for two months visiting family and friends outside of the area so that the renovation could be done. And midway through this vacation, midway through summer break for him and his family, they find out that none of the work is going to get done on their house. What are they supposed to do? They have to come back and do it all themselves. This is the reason you call the Kingston Group. This is why the Kingston Group has been successful in Nashville, locally owned, award-winning, for over a decade. Because you can trust them. Don't leave this stuff up to chance, all right? Check out the website, buildkg.com, and trust the name, the Kingston Group. Before we get into anything today on the show, I had a great conversation with Jayon Brown. I posted the entire interview on this feed for the 440, of course. You can hear him talk a little bit about the rehab and and the injury, the defense's performance so far in camp thus far, his evolution as a player. But we talked a lot about soccer, frankly. He's been out there at Nashville SC games since back in the USL days, and he had a lot of conversations about how he grew up a soccer fan, how he's become a soccer fan, and why he loves Nashville SC. So make sure you go check out that special edition of the 440, Jayon Brown, Tennessee Titans linebacker and Nashville SC super fan. Make sure you go check that out. Well, we will get to some COVID updates about the Tennessee Titans momentarily, but let's get to some practice notes first from Tuesday's camp for the Titans. First and foremost, the bright neon flashing lights. That is Julio Jones walking around wearing football equipment and doing football things on a field with his team for the first time in three weeks. It's obviously a huge sign of progress to see him out there. He did some light jogging, and he's clearly progressing. A.J. Brown was also out there for a lot longer than he was on Monday during individual drills and basically looked a lot like A.J. Brown. Also very good news. Huge development for the offense as the staff eases their superstar weapons back into action. Progress is good. On defense, Danico Autry was out there on the field as well on Tuesday for the first time in a while. And so that's also some more good news. How about that? Darrington Evans is still out since the game against the Falcons, but he was on the bike doing some work there. Josh Reynolds, Harold Landry, Chris Jackson, Kendall Lamb, Laurel Merchinson, Chester Rogers were all out on Tuesday. And a bunch of those guys, Harold Landry, Lamb, and Reynolds, for example, were on the practice field on Monday and looked healthy. So they could be out for a whole host of reasons. Stay tuned for more on that in a minute. Some other quick hitters here. Sam Ficken, the kicker who is right now got a stranglehold on the job, missed twice on Tuesday going 5 of 7. But with Tucker McCann still banged up, it's Ficken's job to lose right now. Uh, If the media could just please stop rhyming with his name in headlines and tweets and videos, that would be greatly appreciated. Rookies Des Fitzpatrick and Elijah Molden both had some big plays on Tuesday with uh, Molden picking off a pass from Ryan Tannehill and Fitzpatrick beating Christian Fulton for a very long touchdown pass. Molden is already cementing himself in the starting rotation. And of course, Fitzpatrick just needing to make some progress. So again, progress is good. As it pertains to the COVID issues, Jeremy McNichols and Nick Dunsbar were placed on the reserve COVID-19 list. 
As a simple side note, Bucks kicker Ryan Suckup tested positive for COVID-19 after going to dinner with some Titans last week, according to reports. So the contact tracing and testing is still very much underway. Defensive lineman Anthony Rush is already placed on the COVID-19 list post-trip to Tampa. But again, a lot of those players that were out on Tuesday were on the field on Monday. So we shall see as this COVID story continues to evolve and unfold over at St. Thomas Sports Park. Everybody was wearing a mask. Vanderbilt fans got some really interesting news on Tuesday as it pertains to the scope and scale of the renovations of the athletic facility for football that has been ongoing. We finally got some details and some timelines on when all of this work is going to get done. Of course, the initial $300 million investment into student-athletes and the athletics programs through major facilities and operational enhancements was announced back in March. The first phase of the project will include the indoor practice facility, a full-length football practice field adjacent to the outdoor practice field, football operations center, and an expanded Magoogan Center, which of course is the team facility building that's right there across from the football and baseball stadium. Looks like it's going to double in size almost. A south end zone facility, which will house premium seating options, hospitality spaces, upgraded food and beverage options, and other fan amenities. And then, of course, a basketball operations center and north end zone upgrade to the stadium, of course, that will house the men's and women's basketball facilities and programs, as well as all the fancy new stadium upgrades as well. The tennis programs, both men and women, the track and field complex as well, are all going to benefit from all of this development and and construction as well. And a timeline. The timeline indicated in the press release on Tuesday says that Vanderbilt is set to begin construction following the 2021 football season. So right around December, we can start to see, unless they get to a bowl game, of course, in Clark Lee's first season, we could actually start to see movement on some of this stuff. So we know the number, about $300 million. We're starting to see what's going to get renovated. The McGugan Center, an indoor practice facility, both end zones, north and south, and when it's going to start, which is right around the end of the football season. So Vanderbilt fans, this is a long time coming for Vanderbilt fans. It is great to see it actually happen, the investment in the student-athletes and the football program. I think it makes a difference to start it with a brand-new head coach, Clark Lee, who's also an alumni. There's a lot of cohesion, everybody pulling in the same direction right now. Hopefully it makes a big difference for both the fan experience, the student-athlete experience, and it makes Vanderbilt football hopefully a bigger part of the Nashville sports community. Tuesday morning, the Bears head coach Matt Nagy said that Justin Fields will start on Saturday against the Tennessee Titans in Nissan Stadium and play roughly two quarters. He will be by far the most talented quarterback the Titans defense has seen all preseason long, with the exception, I guess, of Tom Brady and camp, where they didn't perform particularly well. I have been on the record. I think this defense will be improved. I like the talent, the players. I like the depth at almost every single position on this defense. But all of that is thrown out the window when games start. And Justin Fields is an extraordinarily talented rookie playing for a solid Bears team that expects to compete for a playoff spot for a full half of football. It will be by far their biggest test so far to date, and it makes the game this weekend that much more interesting. In addition, we had some other news in the AFC South as Jaguars first round pick running back Travis Etienne suffered a significant tear, a serious Liz Frank injury that could knock him out for the next several months and potentially the season. Trevor Lawrence's arguably most versatile and most talented weapon, Urban Meyer's most versatile and most talented weapon, now out potentially for the season in the AFC South. 
It's time for some golden nuggets on the show, of course. The guys, Wes Bowling, Tim Sullivan from the Club and Country podcast out every single Tuesday covering Nashville SC. Everywhere podcasts are found, offering you a tiny nugget of information, a morsel of information to make everybody in Nashville smarter soccer fans. And today, the boys are talking about set pieces. Nashville, believe it or not, it's six set piece goals conceded, ranked just ninth worst in Major League Soccer. It feels like there have been more than that. It feels like... Nashville should be toward the top of the league in set pieces conceded. But the reason I think it feels that way is it's a high proportion for a team that's allowed the third fewest goals in the league. In fact, 32% of the goals that Nashville has conceded have come off set pieces. And Tim, that's the third highest rate in Major League Soccer. Yeah, I think there's another reason it feels particularly negative, which is you can draw a hard line in the schedule where Walker Zimmerman first uh, left for the birth of his son and then got injured going to the United States men's national team for the Gold Cup. All of them, except for one, have happened since then. So that's another reason that it hurts. But from an expected goals perspective, it's 18 XG against all year, and five of those have come on set pieces alone. So this isn't last year's elite defense in all phases. And I think set pieces are a particular step back for a team that was absolutely incredible on them last year. Special thanks to Wes Bowling and Tim Sullivan. Wes back in the saddle, of course, for the Club and Country podcast. And if you want to go much deeper into Nashville SC, please go check out that show, Club and Country, everywhere podcasts are found out every single Tuesday covering Nashville SC soccer. The MLS All-Star Game is on Wednesday evening, 8.30 p.m. Central Time, which of course features all the MLS All-Stars against the Liga MX All-Stars, the top Mexican soccer league, in a continental showdown. And what's really cool about this is building the rivalry between the top Mexican league and the top American league is great for the sport, both locally here in Nashville, across the country, and of course, continentally. Walker Zimmerman, of course, is a representative of Nashville SC as he made the MLS All-Star Game. I hope you guys checked out the Skills Challenge on Tuesday night. That was a ton of fun. And what's really fascinating to watch when when you check out the game to see Walker Zimmerman play as SC fans, is that there'll be some Mexican players playing for the MLS All-Stars. So it's not even going to be pure country versus country. It's club and country mixed together. Make sure you check out the Club and Country podcast, of course, out every single week from West Bowling and Tim Sullivan right here on the 440 Sports Network. Either way, it's Wednesday night. There's a whole lot, there's not a whole lot going on. Make sure you're watching the MLS All-Star game. It's going to be a whole lot of fun. And you know what? Maybe Walker Zimmerman's going to make some plays. Who knows? We'll see. The 440 is brought to you every single morning for free by the wonderful people at the Kingston Group. BuildKG.com, Nashville's locally owned, award-winning custom home and remodeling firm. When you have a major decision coming on your house, a major remodel, a renovation, an addition, a new wing. I don't know how many people have new wings, but whatever. If you need a new wing, the Kingston Group is your only choice. BuildKG.com. Go check out the website. Thank you guys all for listening. Of course, my name is Braden Gall. You can follow me on Twitter at Braden Gall. This has been the 440 for Wednesday, August 25th. The 440 is a production of 440 Media, written and produced by Braden Gall, music by William Tyler.